You're listening to New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. So how are we doing? We doing all right? Everybody here? Good. There is a lot going on. The kingdom, you know why there's a lot going on? Because Jesus rose from the dead. There's a lot going on because Jesus is alive. There's a lot going on because his kingdom is advancing every moment of every day. I think it is very wonderful and beautiful to think. Um, uh, the only thing I'm going to make, Carl here, Carl, Carl stay. Carl, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one small correction from Carl. It's kind of fun. You know, Carl is my spiritual father. I get to correct him every now and then. So I would say this, Dan, where's Dan LaForce? Dan, you're already pastoring. It's not a someday. It's not someday you're going to pastor. Dan, you are pastoring right now. I declare over you, Dan LaForce, that you are a pastor of people. You're a shepherd. When you're on that pod truck, you are shepherding and you're anointed as a pastor already. Don't, don't wait for the uh, full-time vocation to come because you're already a full-time minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? Carl, I teased you a little bit. I, you said a someday for Dan, and I said he's already anointed as a pastor. So we'll, we'll, we'll work on that later, Carl. I love Carl. We, got, we have a treat for you today, and it's going to be a little different. But here, I want to set the table, if you don't mind. I want to take a few minutes and set the table. How many of you know that Jesus just came, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? Okay, now, you got that? Now, a few weeks ago, I got a little radical, and I swore. I said the A word from the pulpit. And later, I felt bad about it, because there's an intensity in my spirit, and what I feel bad about is, you know, why do you, you got to go? The accuser of the brethren would come to me and say, why do you have to be so intense? Because I'm going to tell you what I said, because I want to, you know, I, I don't do this just to, well, I'm just going to do it like this this time. Jesus kicked the devil's, you know what? Okay? He, 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 he kicked butt. What I'm saying is Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And what I feel in my spirit is a fire, and here is the fire, that we would understand and comprehend and that we would be his full reward for his suffering. The full reward that he wants for his suffering is a people who know their identity as true sons and daughters. The full reward, the fullness of his reward is not a people on the earth barely getting by, struggling through life, to someday get to heaven. What he accomplished for us, what he accomplished for us, the fullness of the work of the cross was that we would be completely sozo, completely saved, completely healed, completely delivered, completely living in an abundant life that the source of all life is Jesus. Everything we sang about today was Jesus is life. So there's an intensity in my heart because what I believe that the intensity comes from is I would hate to see 
the body of Christ, especially here at New Hope, the people that we pastor and love, to be lulled to sleep. To be lulled to sleep, to not be alive in who you are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Does that make sense? So I asked a few people, because in the, the heart of my being, I'm a coach. So, you know, we, we love this expression, the rubber hits the road. How is the rubber hitting the road? How are we living this thing out? We can talk about things. We can talk about kingdom truth. We can talk about all that he accomplished. We can talk about kingdom realities. This is some of the language we use here. So I threw out a few questions. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you've been bought and paid for by his blood. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased. He rescued you. So if we believe, if we believe, when I'm saying we believe, I mean we as the body of Christ, you as an individual believer, if we believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us, then we believe that we are powerful saints on the earth advancing his kingdom. If we believe that we are completely righteous in Christ, you, are, you will never be righteous in your own works. What we, some of the language we use here, which I love, is we say that he did it all. What Jesus did is enough for me. He accomplished everything, and the finished work of the cross is enough. And we walk in this light, and we walk in this truth, and what happens is we're, we, are, we find ourselves as our true identity as sons and daughters completely rooted and grounded in his love, understanding that as we walk and live on the earth, there's a confidence that comes from what he has done for me. So then we believe that we have a purpose for being on planet earth. The earth is not going to hell in a handbasket with a beautiful bride or the army of God or God's people who will do great exploits on the earth sitting by doing nothing. We are empowered to be impacting society. So instead of me saying that as a coach, the Lord put this on my heart today, five individuals are going to come up here. And it's your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have been anticipating, I can't wait to hear first what Liza Belair has to say. And then Cameron is going to come up, a beautiful brother named Cameron, Duncan, I say that right, Cameron? Then Mary Beth DeCorey is going to come up. Then Ann Hogan and John Lampanero is going to finish us off. I, I brought up a little yellow piece of paper. Because the truth is, we have time limits. It's just the reality of children's ministry and life. And I asked them to do a pretty hard assignment. I asked them to think about them three questions as a theme or as some realities of biblical truth and say, how do you live it out? When you wake up every day, how does these truths impact your life? Because they have to impact our life. We have to walk it out. We have to live it out. Or it's just a good sermon that we kind of get fired up on, but tomorrow morning nothing changes. So I'm going to start with Liza Belair. At about six-minute mark, Liza's going to get a cute little yellow piece. But I'm going to tell you all this so if you're wondering what the heck I'm doing with this piece of paper. And about six minute mark, Liza's gonna try to land the plane. And I want us to really be engaged because I believe what you're gonna hear from your brothers and sisters is really gonna be more significant than anything I could have shared today. So Liza, thanks for leading us off. You're welcome.
Eliza, I know they can do better on that with their greetings. <laughs> Come on, let's hear it. Okay, so Pastor Ralph called me on, what was it, Thursday, and he said, I want you to talk in front of the church and tell them how you are a powerful daughter in the kingdom and how I walk this out on a day-to-day -day basis as a wife, mother, and as a teacher in the public school district. And, oh, by the way, I want you to do it in six minutes. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure, right, I'm pretty sure I won't be able to say everything I have written down, but hopefully the Holy Spirit will help me on the main points that I wanted to kind of bring out today. And uh, first of all, if you don't know me, my name is Liza Belair. Uh, I've been married for 12 years to Craig right over here. Uh, I have two children, my daughter Christina, who is eight years old, and I have a son, Alex, who is three years old. Um, I do teach full-time at Penfield High School. I teach Global History one and two uh, to ninth and 10th graders, okay? So as you can imagine, my plate is pretty full. Right now it's nice in the summer because I do have some time off. One of the jokes that I kind of make is I actually get to feel like a human being in the summertime <laughs> because during the year I just feel like I'm go 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 the entire time um, now I don't feel like I have this you know t completely together I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do and how, how I'm supposed to live this life um, I used to pray that God would relieve me of responsibilities but now um, my prayer is a little bit different help me fulfill what you have called me to yeah, do <laughs> And what, he, what I am saying now to God as I press into him and I pray more is, wow, you must think I'm a pretty special person if you've given me all these jobs to do. <laughs> so um, why, is this, why is this important? It's important to not only do the jobs that you've been given, but to do them also with demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit. My belief is that the fruits of the Spirit are extremely underestimated. A lot of people want the gifts of the Spirit, but what about the fruits of the Spirit? And one of the things that I notice working in the public school system is a lot of people right now are very depressed. A lot of people are very uh, discouraged because of everything that's going on. I don't know if anybody watches the news, but um, I'm sure everybody in here does. <laughs> um, but there's, a, there's these new APPR regulations on public school teachers. We're now being evaluated on how students do on tests. They, um, that's now how teachers are being evaluated, and teachers could actually lose their jobs if their students don't do well on tests. And so there's a lot of anxiety right now in the public school system. But I feel like, you know what? I serve a God who is behind me. You know, he backs me. He called me to this position. So guess what? I can have total peace. I can have total joy. Um, where other people might be complaining and might be depressed about going to work, I get to be very joyful about going to work because I know that my job is secure. Do I love what Governor, Governor Cuomo is doing? No. <laughs> um, but I, I get to rest in the fact that God has called me to this position and that Guess what? If I lose my job, he's got something better for me, so I'm not going to worry about it, okay? Um, and so I did not always live like this. For a long time, I myself was just trying to get everything done in my own strength. I didn't feel like I was doing anything well. I always felt like I was scrambling to be perfect in everything. And how many people know that there's a difference between perfection and excellence? Um, because, you know, I think what I was trying to do, I was trying to keep a spotless home all the time. 
um, also being a, a mother, also teaching full-time. If a student asked me a question that I couldn't answer, I would beat myself up for days. Why didn't I know the answer to that? And what I realized was that I don't have to be perfect. I can, I can be excellent at what I do, but I don't have to be perfect. And so that was a huge um, release to me that I didn't have to be perfect in everything. And so again, I can just rest in that fact um, that I can just do what God has called me to do and I don't have to strive or I don't have to try too hard. Um, I love that song. I don't know if anybody's heard the song, Don't Try Too Hard, or Don't, don't Try So Hard. Um, I think it's by Amy Grant. <laughs> and um, what I love about that song is that my whole life I was told, try harder, try harder, try harder. And what this song is saying, actually, you, it's good to try, it's good to work hard, but you don't have to try so hard that you're in a panic all the time. You know, God's not sitting on his throne panicking about our life and about what, what's going on. And so we don't have to sit there in a panic all the time, you know, trying to figure out everything out. Um, and so that really was a, a great song for me because I realized I don't have to try hard. And... Ever since I really started trusting in God more and really putting God first, you know, one of the things I do when I wake up um, in the morning, first thing I do is I start praying in the spirit. Um, all the way to work, I pray in the spirit. When I get to work, I feel empowered. I feel like God's always helping me during the day, giving me ideas for lesson plans, um, giving me wisdom about certain students, and even patience for certain students that maybe other teachers wouldn't have. And, uh, you know, God's doing this in me. Um, but what's great also is that ever since I really started trusting in God, my classes have been better than ever before. Their grades have been, ever, you know, better than ever before. Behavior, I feel like I have more connections with students because I'm not anxious all the time. I'm not moody. I can really just display the fruits of the Spirit. Um, how am I doing on time? Oh, um, I'm pretty sure I'm over the seven minutes. Um, one thing I did want to mention, too, because uh, with the two months that I'm home, I am kind of like a stay-at-home mom. And so one of the challenges, I think, as a stay-at-home mom is that are you doing enough? You know, you're maybe isolated a lot and you feel like you're not interacting enough with people, so maybe you feel like you're not doing enough for the kingdom of God. And I was actually praying about this, and I believe that God gave me two words about this. One is that God doesn't look at the big things. He looks at the small things. So he looks at, you know, what you're sowing into your children each and every day. But also, obedience to your specific call is more important than doing something for God that is you think is big, but it's not what God called you to do. And I'll just give you an example of that very quickly. Um, <clears throat> I actually, um, in 1997, I actually went to Ghana, Africa as a missionary, or I went just on a short-term mission trip. And I, I said to God at that time, I think I would be a good missionary to Africa. You know, that would be a good call for me to be a missionary to Africa. <laughs> And actually, the Holy Spirit spoke to me at that time and said, actually, your mission field is America. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm a teacher in the public schools. I'm a mom. You know, I, sometimes I feel like, am I really doing enough? But maybe if I'm a missionary in Africa, I would be able to do so much more for the kingdom of God. But what I realized was that that's not what he's called me to do. And so if I were to do that, it would be in my own strength. That wouldn't be something that he would back. Um, so just to kind of wrap up some key points that I've already talked about. One, 
don't try so hard, okay? <laughs> Just relax on what God's called you to do. And again, it flies in the face of everything we've been taught. Two, be thankful for what you've been entrusted with because God trusts you with it. Don't complain about the jobs. He's given you those jobs because he thinks you can do it. Um, also, rely on him and his grace to get through hard times and even during the day. You know, he hit, his grace is sufficient. And also, don't lose your joy. If you're anxious or worried, it's probably maybe something that you're not called to do. Maybe that means you need to slow down and really seek God as to what you're supposed to be doing. So that's all I have. <laughs> Cameron, come on up. Hello. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ralph, had, uh, Ralph actually emailed me and asked if I was going to be here this and I was actually planning on coming, and I was like, he asked me if I wanted to do this. I was like, yeah, I would love to share how I live this out. Um, I, I want to uh, share something um, personal with you guys because it really will paint the picture of how this journey has been since I've really been soaking in all of this good teaching that's been going on about the finished work of the cross and our identities and things of that nature. Um, before I became a Christian six years ago, I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. Uh, my, my, my dad is a pastor, ironically, but um, I've seen just a lot of things that went on in the church and uh, that wasn't good, that wasn't correct, that wasn't love, that honestly wasn't God, you know, but I looked at it and I thought that was God, you know, so I didn't want nothing to do with God. And, um, and there was things that I've done, like in my past, when that I wasn't necessarily uh, proud of. And when I became a Christian, I, you know, I left those things behind, but that regret um, still stayed with me. And one thing the Lord has called me to is ministry. There is no doubt about it. You know, it was the thing that I, when I get up, is the first thing I think about. When I go to sleep, is the last thing I think about. It's my major, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like everything, it's, it's everything about me, you know. But it will be times where I really feel as though I want to reach out and love people, but the enemy will be whispering in my ear saying, Oh, you can't because you've done that. You know, you're not perfect. And the sad truth is, is I would believe him. And I wouldn't do anything. And for a while, like for, I've been a Christian, it's about six years. And for a while, um, like I wouldn't do anything. So pretty much five years. The, clearly the Holy Spirit would tell me to do something. I know it's God, but I would just sit on the sidelines because I felt as though I wasn't worthy and I wasn't qualified. And I felt as though that my father didn't love me. And uh, I felt as though that, you know, I wasn't a son, but w the things that I was doing, I was reading my word, I was praying and all this other kind of stuff, but it wasn't really to be in relationship with the Lord. It was so that I can feel as though I was working up something to where, like, like I was trying to please the Lord, you know, and there was nothing that I can do to please the Lord. He's already pleased with me, but I didn't know that, you know. So um, it was October 14th, I believe, is um, when Veronica Jinx came. And she had preached a message called 
you were created for um, God's glory. Yeah. And that message totally wrecked me, changed, <laughs> changed like, you know, my whole perspective, you know, and it was like, like what she taught was nothing new, but um, I, I've heard it before, but it became heart knowledge. And yeah. from that day on, I understood that I was a son and I stopped trying to um, put effort in trying to make the uh, Lord like me. He already likes me, he already loves me. <laughs> I'm his son, you know, he's already pleased with me. So I like it what it says in Jude, it says, um, now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Yeah. And it's like, like he delights in the fact that I can stand before his presence and I am blameless, you know? And once I understood that, it's like, I, I'm already to him, I'm already perfect. I don't need to do anything. All I need to do is just be what he had called me to be. So it's been a, a good journey, a good 10-month journey. Um, I, it, I changed just my whole way of living. Um, I have a chant when I get up. Uh, it's funny. I'm going to show you. It's, uh, the beat goes like this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, because I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm a love. I'm a love. I'm a love. And I say that, like, you know, until my spirit is encouraged. And then when I'm encouraged, I dance. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but. But, it, but it's a way that I continue to remind myself and to prophesy to myself yeah. that I'm put on here for a purpose. The, the, the truth of the matter is the enemy has literally has no power. He has no territory. Like the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, yeah. which means that he is invading. This is not, the earth is not his territory. So any place that the people will say, oh, it's demonic, don't go there. Guess where I'm going? I'm going there because light needs to be there. I'll give you an example. Uh, I, everybody, anybody heard of the, the bug jar? Yeah. The bug jar? I went to the bug jar. And um, first time I've ever been to like a bar setting. But somebody said that, oh, it's dark there. Don't go there. So I went there. Um, <laughs> if you ever want me to go somewhere, say, don't go there. Yeah. Um, and there was the guy. I, I was just sitting there and just like, you know, enjoy. It was a, a, a lady singing. And I was just enjoying you know, just to sing. And there was a guy uh, over there, he kind of looked down and up, looked like Pastor Ralph, but more intimidating and with more tattoos. And <laughs> that, that's, that's, the, that's the closest, but okay. Okay, cool. Uh, and so what I did was I went over there and he, he, he looked down. So I went over there and encouraged, I prophesied. You know, I love at will, I don't wait for yes. me to feel as though I need to, I, I just go and love at will. That's how I live the, the kingdom. It's like whoever yeah. I encounter, I'm gonna love at will. If, if you are sad, if you don't want me to come love you, don't look sad because I'm gonna come for you. You know, <laughs> that's just how I live now. And it's been like a blessing and you know, so I do that on campus. You know, I have many testimonies, but I don't have time to share. If you wanna know, just come ask me. All right, cool. All right. Is that awesome? 
Mary Beth, come on up. Be you, Mary Beth. You're awesome. Hi, I'm Mary Beth. Um, hi, Mom and Dad. <laughs> I'm 23, and I am a senior at SUNY Brockport, and I am also the administrative assistant part-time in the office. I have a pretty easygoing boss. <laughs> Two bosses, actually. <laughs> I have a great boss. Um, and I just wanted to share about how the revelation of God's love has been very evident in my life. And it has, um, in the most obvious way, the Lord gave me my parents and, um, and my amazing family. I'm trying not to get emotional. but um, And my whole life they gave me a real solid foundation for what I believe now. And um, I, they taught me about God. They taught me about God's love and everything. And I remember the first time that I experienced it for myself. I was 18 years old, so it was five years ago. Um, I was at summer camp, and I had had some pain in my heart, and, um, and I knew that God wanted to heal it, but I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And so it was the last night um, of summer camp. We were in worship, and I felt the Lord clearly say to me, I'm going to heal you now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I physically felt him come down and reach into my heart and pull the pain out. And it was so cool because it was... It was emotional healing, and I could physically feel it, too. So we talk about, you know, being healed emotionally and being healed, healed of, like, physical pain. It was, like, both at the same time, so that was really cool. So God, that was, that was the first time that I think I had experienced for myself God's love, and I knew I was hooked on it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, I definitely have favor on my life. Uh, the Lord gave me the best parents I could possibly ask for, and... Um, Let's see, what else do I want to say? Because I'm a daughter of the king, and because I am loved and I am secure, I have an assignment while I'm on this earth. And, you know, it's been a little while kind of searching, like, what that assignment is and stuff. And I want to share a little story. It's kind of a silly little story. But the Lord spoke to me through it, and he does that sometimes with things that, you know, experiences I have. So yesterday, I was mowing the lawn, and... Um, and I've been doing it for a couple years for my parents. And um, there was I, was, I was mowing the lawn, and I saw this little tiny baby frog. And it was in the line of where I was going. And of course, I didn't want to run it over, because I pictured in my head like what that would be like. And, <laughs> and I just felt really bad. So I stopped, and I picked up the frog, and I moved it into a spot that I had already mowed. And then as I continued to mow, there was more frogs. And there were little tiny baby frogs all over the yard. <laughs> And that's interesting because that's never happened before. I don't know if it's like that's when they're born around this time or whatever, but frog season. What? Oh, a lot of rain. Well, okay. So anyways, there was a lot of little tiny frogs. And I almost, I stopped like kind of halfway through and I went into the house and I was like, Mom, Dad, I don't want to keep mowing the lawn because there's a ton of baby frogs. And my mom's like, you have to get it done. So... <laughs> So I went back out there, and I stopped, and I was like, please get out of the way as I was mowing the lawn. And I felt like the Lord was clearly saying to me one phrase through this little story. Um, I've given you a heart for the little ones. And, um, and if you guys, if any of you guys know me, you know that I love hanging out with the kids, and I love the kids of New Hope. And um, 
I joke around sometimes that my best friends are the kids. Like, those are my friends. And it's true, though, because those are my friends. And I've gotten prophetic words about, you know, working with kids and, you know, what I'm going to do, what God's going to do through me in the children. And um, let's see. And the, one of the really powerful things is how much they've impacted me, the kids here. You know, I teach kindergarten through second grade class sometimes, and I help with the Gold Mine Express, which is, if, it's, if you guys don't know, it's a once a month, all the ages come together, and we worship together, and we do stations where we will soak in instrumental music and draw pictures, or we'll do skits or crafts. It's just very powerful. So I help with that, and um, I feel like the Lord has taught me so much through them, through the faith that they have. It's just... It's unwavering faith. They're not. They're very bold. They go up to people. They give them prophetic words. They're not afraid of, you know, what what people are going to say to them. And that has had a huge impact on my life. And I'm just so thankful that they're in my life. So last week weekend we did um, the Gold Mine Express, and I was in a station where we were soaking, and Jesus was going to show us pictures of what He wanted to do in the city of Rochester. And um, I got a picture, and I drew it. I'm not a very good artist, so stick figures. But um, there was me right in the middle, and I had a heart, and I colored in the heart. And on either side of me, there was kids, and they had hearts that were filled in all the way, pink hearts. And I felt like the Lord was saying that um, he's going to use me to heal the hearts of children in the city of Rochester. And as I was, as I was drawing it, I thought about like maybe drawing some cracks or something and then coloring over it, but I felt the Lord saying that no, because when I heal their hearts, they're going to be like they're brand new, so you don't even need to draw those cracks or those holes or anything because the Lord is going to give them new hearts that are full. So that's just really exciting, and I, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be you know a career that I have or I'm just going to go and what, however the Lord shows me, I'm just very excited about life and very excited about what the Lord's doing and what he's going to do in my future. So. Ann Hogan, come on up. Come on up, Ann. And then John Lampanero's going to finish this off. So, John, right when Ann's done, you can finish this up, brother. You're going to go right up there, my darling. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I thought John was going to stand over here and put pressure on me. Okay. Hi, I'm Ann Hogan. I think most of you know me. I've been around here a while. Um, it's, it's, it's strange doing this without Tom here, but because he's been kind of like reminding me of things that you forget, but um, it's hard talking about yourself. There's a lot of you in here that have been such an incredible part of my journey in the Lord. Um, I think this has been a phenomenal day with the international, uh, with all the nations, and I just feel like I'm a part of something so big and so amazing. I have to believe that it's bigger than this. Yeah. I have to believe that. And it's like a shot in the arm to hear what's going on in other nations <clears throat> for me. Um, real quick, just... Where, where I came from, I had a, an upbringing that was, I had a lot of issues with the father's love. Um, it took me a while, took me years to really get past that and through that God brought me a lot of deliverance, a lot of healing. Um, and you can ask Grace, I was, I was kind of a mess. Couldn't look in a mirror 
it, it just was it was it was just incredible. Enemy really had had really worked me over. As a child, I had a severely handicapped older brother, and I watched my parents' heartbreak growing up, and it just was really hard for me to believe that God was a loving God. This kid that was born with severe cerebral palsy and couldn't do what, I, what everybody else did, and watching my parents just love him and have hope for these surgeries and nothing really um, you know, happened, but it was really, it, it sort of twisted in my mind, the enemy really accused accuse the Lord to me about the goodness of God. But that was probably the very thing that he used to form the person that I am and to give me a heart for, for, certain, for certain underprivileged people. Um, uh, but I'm through the, I think I've gotten through the identity thing. I finally do feel like I have a grip on the fact that I'm a daughter of the king, that God loves me. I don't have regrets from my past. You know, I mean, even as a Christian, I've probably really blown it worse than even before I was a Christian. But I feel that I'm covered by the blood. I feel that um, God lives in me. I've never been more aware of his indwelling presence than in the last 10 years, ever. And, and a lot of it was just because of different things I've gone through. My, I feel like I've been broken over and over again. And I feel like each time there's more of a release of the presence of God dealing with, um, what, 14 years ago, early detection for breast cancer, going through radiation treatments, going through all this kind of thing. It sort of was like this, this breaking that really showed me what a shell my body was and what was the treasure that was inside because I think coming through that and really God answering my prayers and giving me more, I said, you've got to give me more time. I have so much to learn about you. And uh, just the, the indwelling presence... And being able to feel what God feels towards people. Yes. And yes. The, the thing that excites me more than anything about my life, and whether it's my kids, my grandkids, my neighbors, the, I'm a home health worker and work in, 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 the, in the community for home health care. The people that I encounter are probably the least of these that Jesus was talking about. I find so much joy giving them a sense of value. When I go in and I... And they, they, you know, the smells aren't really good. The, a lot of you know this, and maybe they have some dementia. They don't remember when, if I walk out of the room and come in, oh, it's nice to meet you. You know, they don't know who I am or whatever. The, the joy that I get from bringing them value, making them laugh, showing them how valued they are by God every minute, whether they have a memory or not, they still have a soul and a spirit. And um, I just get so much, I get so much joy out of that. And I guess I feel that at this point, I'm really learning more about the power that's in me. I know that I've, I've experienced God loving through me. And I've, you know, just sharing the, the good news with people, elderly people, is just my joy and making them feel, you know, young and make them feel valued and important. But I still am, I'm, I'm really working towards, I'm asking the Lord, that I would have the boldness to really believe for miracles and healings and so forth. Because I know that I can bring the love. I know that the, the Spirit of God is looking through me, feeling through me, hearing through me. I, I just feel him in me. And it's, there's a connection that it's like that's, this is what I was created for type of thing. I can say that at this point in my life. I've never been able to say that before. I think I know what I was born for. And his presence... 
And um, just the fact that the kingdom of God is within us and the kingdom, when you hear about all the other nations and getting involved and seeing the slides and the excitement with all that, that really excites me. And it's just a privilege. It's a privilege to be here and to have, take, have my journey pretty much solely taken part in this church. And um, I'm excited because I need more time to really grow and to experience more of the Lord. But he's, he's really done a lot in my life, and I want to thank all of you here who have been a part of that journey, too. And I look forward to what's ahead. So thanks. Good morning, or good afternoon. Johnny. What's up? I have uh, my two in-laws, my mother and my father-in-law, both uh, in assisted living care facilities. And I don't know how the people who work there do it. I don't know, it amazes me. And I really, it just amazes me. And it's Mary, Mary Beth. Yeah. Could, could you come over to my house and show my daughters what the lawnmower looks like? <laughs> right next to the car in the garage. This big red thing. <clears throat> they see me pushing around the lawn well, at least twice a week. All right, I'm just going to finish with a story and a little bit of a teachable moment. I was invited a couple weeks ago to a, a training class, a technology training class in my company because I was going to receive a new form of technology that I would need to be better linked and networked with my company. So I had to go for a two-hour training uh, class and uh, I walked out of there with one of these. <laughs> when I was done at the end of the class, I was almost in tears and I said, can I have my cell phone back, please? The one you took away from me, because I don't know how this works. If my wife calls me, I won't know how to answer it and say hello, and that's not a good thing. I knew how my cell phone worked, so now I have this supposedly <clears throat> smartphone. Um, I got one of these. First time I've ever had one. Incredible learning curve. But everyone tells me, you know, you'll never know how you ever lived without it. Right. I think I was doing pretty good. <laughs> um, really, really very well without it. My, brought it home, I put it on the counter. My kids were, I believe the word is, incredulous. What? You got a smartphone? What? You? You? You got a smartphone? Ugh. That's not right. That's not fair. That's, how did you get that? Ugh, I can't believe it. You, 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 you know, I'm standing there like, I'm beat down by my kids. One of them actually said to me, point blank, she said, that's wasted on you. She said, you'll knew it never used 10% of what that thing can do. How's that? Zing, wasted on you. I went, well, I don't Twitter and I don't Facebook, so you probably got at least 40% right there. I think the problem was is that in one day, I took a huge, giant step over them technology-wise. And, and there's a little techno envy going on there. So I leave it right up on the counter, and I leave it on so when it rings, they can hear it. 
couple days on Wednesday, a couple days ago on Wednesday, I was telling Ralph, went down to Corner, we went down to Ithaca. We have a store down there, and I went with a couple of my working buddies to visit the store. And while we were down there, one of them said, hey, let's go up to Cornell University. I've never been there. It's an Ivy League store here. It's got a beautiful campus. Let's just go up and visit, drive through it, so we can see what it looks like. I've been down to Ithaca. I don't know how many times I've never been up to the college. You think Ithaca? You think Cornell University? So we started making our way up there. I know that Cornell's up on the hill. We started making our way up. We took a little bit of a right turn and kind of turned around and came back the other way. I said, just keep going north and eventually, you know. And all of a sudden, from the front seat, I hear this automated woman's voice. Take a left on Smith and then a right on East. I said, cool. Everyone knows that voice. It's a GPS lady, right? And I figure somebody's got GPS in the car. No, the guy in the front seat pulled out his phone. He hit the Google Maps app, he typed in Cornell, and the lady started talking at him. You know, like women like to do to men. <laughs> telling them where to go. Started telling us where to go. How oh, apropos, you ever think about that? Why is the voice a woman? I don't know. Um, so all of a sudden I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, I could have done that, right? I, I got that app on here, Google Maps. All I had to do was touch the app and type in Cornell University, and the lady would have started telling me where to go, how to get up to Cornell University. I said, wow, how come I didn't think of that? He thought of that, you know? And I said to myself, you know what? I don't realize what I have. And it's right then that the, <clears throat> that the Spirit perked up. The Holy Spirit said, what was that? And I went, okay. He said, what did you just say? You know, it's like, he didn't hear me. I said, yeah, 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 I know, yeah. He goes, what, what did you just say? I said, I don't, I don't realize what I have. He said, could you, could you, could you say that again? I don't know if I heard, I heard that that well. Now, that's kind of how God deals with me. He, you know, I jerk people around. I make fun of them. He makes fun of me. He said, could you say that again? I said, I don't realize what I have. And <clears throat> it's at that point, I got the download. So we're driving up to Cornell, and there's four people in the car now. There's the two guys in the front, me in the back, and the Holy Spirit talking to me. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, in fact, he commanded them. He said, don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem until you be filled with power. He, look it up. Look it up on your smartphone. He commanded them. He said, don't go anywhere until you get this thing. You can't do that without this. Don't go anywhere. You would have think you would have sent them right out. Get going, man. Get, no, stay here until you get what the Father's promised. Very clear about it. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. The same spirit that worked with Moses and Elijah and Elijah and Samson and the disciples and John and Peter and Paul is the same spirit that resides in me. Right? Remember the years ago they had the pizza spaghetti sauce commercial? It's in there. What about garlic? It's in there. What about oregano? It's in there. Remember that one? It's in there. Right? Isaiah 61. Think about this. 
He's given us, he's taught us, he's anointed us so we could proclaim good news to the afflicted. There's an app in us. Good news to the afflicted app. It's in us. It's in there. That app's already in you. It's downloaded. The Bind the Brokenhearted app, it's in there. Liberty to the Captives app, it's got a little prison door in it opening. It's in you. It's all been downloaded. That app's in there. Liberty to the Captives, Freedom to the Prisoners, Proclaiming the Favorable Year of the Lord app, it's in you. It's already been downloaded. The Prophecy app, remember the Prophecy app and the miracles? And the signs and the wonders and the healing, the healing app, every one of you, you got the healing app. It's been downloaded into you already. You don't realize what you have. You have. It's all there to build up the, the ancient ruin apps. See, it's in there. It's in there. These are all apps. No one has more than anyone else. No one has any less than anyone else. All these things got downloaded when the Holy Spirit came and you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wonder sometimes if the enemy says, don't worry about it. That baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's wasted on them. They'll never use 10% of what could happen. But I wonder if our testimony should really be, I don't know how I lived without it. How do, you, how do Christians do it without it? When we go to be with the Lord, I want my testimony to be, I don't know how I lived my life without it. I don't want it to be the 10%. I don't want it to be wasted. You don't want it to be wasted on you. My prophecy app may be a little bit bigger than yours because I use it more. But you've got the same app. And the healing app and all that stuff's all in there. Just got to go in and get it. Let's pray. And then I'm going to ask the, uh, the prayer teams to come up. Father, we heard good stuff tonight. Yeah. We heard good stuff tonight, today. And I just pray that you would take what is yours and sink it deep in our heart, in our mind, and in our spirit, Lord. We don't want it to be wasted on us. We want to step into the fullness, the fullness of what you have for us. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I just pray that what was said today by your spirit would resonate all week long and all month long. It would yeah. resonate. It would work its way around in us until it has its full effect. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The prayer teams come up, and you are dismissed.